I'm going to be talking about keeping things simple and also my take on world events on today's version of Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome aboard, everyone. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today, and I really appreciate you tuning in. As I do my work putting these shows together on Truth to Ponder, I like to listen to music. Well, I just happened to choose an album of a friend of mine who happens to be in the same band that I'm in, but she went to Nashville and spared no expense recording several albums. And this song just kept coming back time and time again in my mind as I was putting this episode together. And then it dawned on me that it really does fit the first half of the show. And so I thought I would share this wonderful song with you. It's by country music recording artist Brenda Cohn, and it's called Old Dirt Road. I hope you enjoy it. Road, taking me back home where the memories of my childhood days began. It takes me to those places for a long while I ain't been. It feels so good to be back home again. Riding down this older road, going back in time, my childhood plays over in my mind. It was here where my life started Dreaming those young dreams This old road takes me back It's just like yesterday it seems There's those memories of that old sod house Hours worth of play And daddy putting in a long hard day There's my sisters and my brother Through the good times and the bad And mama trying to keep things ironclad Riding down this altered road Going back in time My childhood plays over in my mind It was here when my life started Dreaming those young dreams This old road Just like yesterday it seems I was running through the wheat fields Waving in the wind Never wanting those playing times to end And wishing to be grown up And going out on my own It's the place that I am proud to call my home Yesterday it seems It was here when my life started Dreaming those young dreams This old road takes me back It's 
just like yesterday it seemed. And I have quite a few things I want to talk about today, as I normally do. But I wanted to start things off with a couple of positive notes. First of all, I finally saw a red-tailed hawk. Now, normally, I see hundreds, if not thousands, every summer. I've been looking for over a month, and a red-tailed hawk finally found me, and came and landed in a tree where I was near. And it stayed here for two days, but it was sure noisy. It kept doing that high, shrill cry that hawks do. And I think he was crying out for other hawks. I think that this hawk is on a quest looking for other red-tailed hawks. Because he hung around just for a short period of time, and off he went. But he kept that shrill cry up quite often. And I was hoping that I'd hear one answer him, but I never did. And I did see three sparrowhawks today. And I had not seen any sparrowhawks all summer either. So I've seen four hawks all summer, where normally I would see 20 or 30 in every day. So that'll kind of tell you how I think they're endangered. And my sweet corn is finally ready to can. And I waited one day too late, because the white-tailed deer smelled that nice corn. And I don't know how the white-tailed deer were able to jump my high fence, but they did. And so I don't have near the canning to do that I did have. But I went ahead and raised the fence up another two feet, and hopefully I can save the rest. But one or two deer in a garden is just absolute destruction for the garden. But on a positive note for deer, I saw a doe that had three babies. She had triplets. And usually when a white-tailed doe has triplets, she loses one, just due to the fact that she can't support all three. But these three seem to be pretty evenly sized, and their health seemed to be all pretty well equal. The good news is that they had grown enough that they had lost their spots. And so I think this doe is going to actually raise three little fawns that can grow up and jump the fence and eat more corn next year, I would imagine, but... I just am happy to see that there is some of the wildlife that is really trying hard to hold on. Well, I wanted to talk about keeping things simple. Well, there is a couple of things I decided I wanted to talk about. And then, as per normal, God put something totally different in my heart right before I sat down to record the program. And that's kind of how I choose my topics. I think about it for several days and then. God comes in and tells me what he wants. And so I just be obedient and just tell you what's on my heart. Well, it all started out with a toothache. Yes, I've got to the age where I got some teeth that are failing, and boy, is one failing. Real bad. And every dentist that I've found has been inoculated with that death jab. And I'm going to be honest with you folks. I've contracted COVID twice from people shedding their spike proteins from being jabbed. And there is no way I'm going to have a dentist that's been jabbed giving me shots with Novocaine or whatever they use to deaden and have someone that's possibly shedding, doing work. I'm just not going to have that happen. 
So I'm going to have to find an alternative way to take care of my tooth. And yes, it's painful, but it's more painful getting shed on and losing two or three months out of your life as you're just too ill to do anything. And that's happened to me twice. And I'm not going to let that happen again. So anyway, how the tooth fits in with this story is, is I've been taking aspirin and, and babying that tooth as much as I can. Well, today I headed out for the hayfield, and as most of you know, I'm pretty well into being able to live off the land. I tell everybody, if you make sure I have water, you can dump me out almost anywhere that plants are growing, and I'm going to survive, because I really know my edible plants, at least in this area. And I could cook everyone a really nice meal with nothing but edible plants that they would normally would have no idea was actually highly nutritious, full of iron and vitamins and full of protein. There's lots of good foraged food out there. Well, as I was going down the road with my tractor, my tooth decided that it wanted to flare up. And I told myself, oh, you forgot the aspirin. Well, never fear. Along the road, there were some willow trees. And so I stopped and I picked some willow leaves. The bark is better, the young bark anyway, but leaves will do just fine. And I chewed up the leaves on the good part of my mouth and then took the chewed up leaf and put it between my cheek and gum along where the tooth was hurting. You might ask, well, why did you do that? Well, the basis of all modern pain reliever got its start with the willow tree. And the first aspirin was nothing but synthesized willow tree bark. It has a slight numbing effect, but what it's really good for is putting pain relief into your bloodstream. And so it's very much a natural aspirin. But unfortunately, the willow leaves actually do taste like extra strength aspirin, especially when you chew them up. They're just not pleasant. Well, I also happen to know that there was a Native American named Sitting Bull, and he was the only medicine man ever to lead his tribe. There always was a distinction between the medicine man and the tribal leader. But when the Europeans came and brought their disease that the natives had no immunity for, he saved his tribe with a concoction of juniper berries. They're the bluish berries that have a hard seed in them that grow on the juniper tree, and some people call the tree a red cedar. But most people know what I'm talking about with these little blue berries that are surrounding a seed. And they're very flavorful, and they are a great spice if you grind them really well and so they don't get in your teeth, the seed part. They're very excellent for seasoning food. And I've never used them smoking meats or anything, but I'm sure it would work really well with that as well. But I crushed a few of these juniper berries and put those right next to the willow tree leaf in my mouth. It took away the bad taste of that willow leaf and almost gave it a pleasant flavor with the addition of the juniper berries. But juniper berries themselves are not very pleasant. They're pretty strong. But the combination of the two kind of canceled the bad parts out and kind of let a pleasant taste come through, which I was very happy. And then after about 20 minutes, I realized that I'd stumbled on another use for juniper berries. 
is that they have a numbing effect as well because the numbing in my mouth actually doubled when I put in the juniper berries. And so I did a hard day's work, and of course I picked an abundance of willow leaves to take with me and grabbed a couple of handfuls of juniper berries. And I kept them with me all day, and it kept the pain at bay all day. And as I do the show, I have no pain at all. And I'm sure it'll flare up again, but that's where God spoke to me and said, I've provided for my children. Just keep it simple and rely on me. And I reflected on that thought that came flooding into my soul that I really did rely on God to take care of this problem. First of all, he's the provider of all knowledge, and any knowledge I have is because Almighty God has made sure I receive that knowledge. And so it's not that I'm so smart, it's just that I happen to listen. And I like to study and understand what mankind did before the megastores and before everything came and became homogenized and and incorporated. And I will take a rabbit trail right here because I think it's a perfect fit. It's like Bob Behrman building his church. Bob Behrman is not interested in building a megachurch and being a celebrity. That's not Bob Behrman. He's a rubber-meets-the-road man, and he wants a nice community church, a traditional, wonderful community church where brothers and sisters in Christ know each other's name, are willing and able to help each other, and to truly be a body of Christ. Not some mega church that is just nothing but a basically a copy of the world. Everything has to be really huge and big and overdone. And things are just not real. And Bob Behrman is extremely real, and that's what makes him so special, is the fact that he is just a regular guy. He happens to be a pastor, but he's a regular guy that's a pastor. Bob Behrman gets life. He understands the ins and outs, and he's not one of these holier-than-thou pompous type. He really does understand life on this world. And he also understands a godly life, and he's trying to lead people as well as he can towards the blessings and the wonderfulness of Almighty God. And getting back to my story here, is that I kept it simple. I relied on God. And to be honest with you, the willow leaf actually works better than prescription strength ibuprofen. And I will admit, I doubled up where you're supposed to take one. I was taking two because I was hurting so bad that all I could do was hold my head in my hands, and that's all I could do. And when you have work to do, that's not an option. And so I was taking two of those, and it was barely touching the pain, but it was helping. But what I did today with a simple willow leaf and the juniper berries actually was probably ten times more effective than the prescription-strength ibuprofen. And also I've been taking, I'm not going to say handfuls of aspirin, but plenty of aspirin. And this natural remedy, at least for my system, worked better than aspirin as well. Now, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not telling anybody to do what I just did. I'm just telling you that God does provide. And then I started looking at my life. 
and I really have kept things simple. Now, people that would look at my operation, as far as my recording studio, they would notice a lot of audio gear, but they'd also notice that it's old. Most of it's outdated. I like it, and I like to use it. But as far as having the modern stamp of approval, no, it doesn't have that. And with my hay machinery, my newest machine that I have is from 1955. That's my new one. I'm using some machinery that's over 100 years old. And my new baler is a 1955, and I have a tractor from 1955. And I call that my new baler because my old baler is from 1947. And I use my 1947 every year. And it's always been kind of a cranky old baler. You have to really understand how to run it. But it's never let me down. It's frustrated me, but never let me down. But I look across the fence and I see my neighbors that have $50,000 implement pulled by a $150,000 tractor. And I look and see what they're doing and they're harvesting hay. And they're getting their hay up faster than I am. But I have to be honest, the modern mowers that cut the hay down are basically like rotary lawnmowers all hooked together. Now, that's not what they are, but they're just multiple rotating blades. And I'm using an old sickle bar mower from 1948. And by the way, I paid $5 for that mower over 30 years ago. And I've used it every year ever since. Do you suppose it's paid for itself? You see, I look out over what my neighbor's doing, which I like my neighbor, and I think that they do a wonderful job. But when they get all their hay moved off the field, and I look at my field that I just got done with, my grass is mown more clean. It's shorter. It looks more like a golf course. And the other, with the new type of a, they're called disc mowers, can be really nice at times and can be very ragged. But I know that I can get about an inch or two lower towards the ground than one of these disc mowers can do. And so I'm actually putting up more material per acre because I'm cutting more product. And yes, it's taken me an extra one or two days per field, more than what my neighbors would take. But I just sold some hay from one field. And I sold 150 bales of small little 40-pound bales. And I sold 150 bales. And anyone that knows anything about small square bales knows that 150 bales is not very many bales. But with that 150 bales that I sold, I paid for my mower again. I paid for the baler that's baling that hay. I paid for the tractor that's pulling the baler. And I paid for all of my fuel to do that field, plus I have extra money in my pocket, all from selling only 150 bales. I was able to pay off all my machinery. Whereas if I was going to be complicated and wanting to look across the fence and be envious of my neighbor and say, well, I want to do what they're doing, I'm cutting the same hay no matter what I'm using, and it's worth the same amount of money no matter what I'm using. 
So if I can cut hay down and sell it for the same price that other people cut hay down and sell it as, but I only have like one one-hundredth of the expense into it, well, who's making money? Me or my neighbor? It's pretty simple economics that if you keep things simple and manageable, plus I can fix everything I own. And I often have to fix it because it's old. But that doesn't mean it doesn't work. And last week on Truth to Ponder, Bob Behrman was talking about a piece of radio gear that was out of the 1940s that was still operating just like new. It was just a wonderful piece of audio gear. It just happened to be old and outdated, but it still functioned just perfect. And so there's nothing wrong with being thrifty. There's nothing wrong with using things that are old as long as they work. And I know if I have a major breakdown with my mower, well, I have three more just like it for parts, and I didn't pay hardly anything for any of the mowers. Like I said, the one I'm using, I paid a whole $5 for. And if I go out and put in a really hard day, I can mow down 30 acres. And 30 acres is not a huge field by any stretch of the imagination, but but it's also nothing to scoff at, considering I only have $5 into the mower, and it's doing that kind of heavy work for me. And it just came flooding through about everything that we do in our life to make things more complicated. A lot of people overcomplicate their walk with the Lord. God loved us enough to send us His only begotten Son. And He died for us. He bore the brunt of our sins. In three days, He was resurrected. But for some reason, we have people that want to put man's doctrine all over the simple plan that God has had for mankind since He created mankind. A lot of times, we like to get in the way between us and God. It's us that's in the way, not God. And often Satan will get in the middle of everything and deceive and do his wickedness and lies. But we have so much bondage that mankind has put into God's simple word of obeying his commandments and also loving him and worshiping him and honoring him and accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It all boils down to a pretty simple plan. Now, I'm not saying God is simple, because mankind cannot even comprehend the complexity of God. But God kept things simple for us, because God created us. He knows what we're capable of, and he also knows that we're capable of messing things up. It's like when mankind built the Tower of Babel. God had to step in. And right now, mankind is building another Tower of Babel. It's called Genetic altering, it's called artificial intelligence. Anything we can do to elevate ourselves up to God's status, we want to do as a species, which biblically is something God does not want us to aspire to. We need to be still and know that he is God. It's not be noisy and make ourselves God. So we have an awful lot of things in our life that if we would just simplify and just understand that, God has provided for us. He created us to live here on earth. This is our planet. And we are stewards of this planet by the will of God. And we have responsibilities. And we need to take our responsibilities serious. And we need to fulfill our obligations. 
It's just simple common sense that needs to guide us, and we need to live our life just using that simple common sense that isn't so common anymore. I don't know why mankind has to make things so hard, always has to pick the highest mountain to climb and the hardest trail to traverse. And that's what the governments of mankind are doing right now in Ukraine. If they would just let everything take its natural course and let all of the ugliness get out of the world's system, things would quiet down and things could at least be more peaceful. But yet we have to complicate everything and make another treaty and make another proclamation. And in the case of the Western nations, we have to move the conflict to Africa. It just makes everything so complicated. And it's just as simple as reaching up and grabbing that willow leaf and using it on your toothache. God has provided for us in every which way we could possibly need. If we need a friend, God is there. If we need someone to talk to, God is there. If we have needs in our life that need to be met, God is always available through prayer. Always. But yet we have to overcomplicate things and make things to where it's almost impossible to comprehend how anything could come out and be good and have a good ending. I was with someone once that happened to walk into a fairly heated argument about the tribulation. One of them was talking about a pre-tribulation rapture. The other one was talking about a post-tribulation rapture. And they were really getting argumentative as to why the other was wrong and they were right. And they turned to this person and said, well, what do you think? And I think this person had the best answer to that question. This person looked at these two men and said, I love Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. And that's all that matters. I thought that was a perfect way to calm down these two men who that were trying to out-Christian the other one. I'm a better Christian than you because God talks to me. And You know, I've had people come up to me and tell me that God told them to tell me, and then they would fill me in on what God told them to tell me. And, of course, I don't go for that. I know I really offended one man that did that to me. I just said, God knows me, and when he wants to speak with me, he'll speak with me. Thank you very much, but I will wait to hear from God, not from you. And there again, it's just simple common sense. The Bible talks of a personal relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior. And when you have a personal one-on-one relationship, that's private. That's between you and your Savior. That's not for me to judge. That's not for me to come in and try to make you worship your Savior the way I want you to worship your Savior. I know lots of people that have very close walks with the Lord, and they worship different than I do. They do some things different than I do, and they think different than I do. But I also know that by their fruits you shall know them, and these people are strong Christians. They are very strong with the Lord. And I also know that God made all personality types and all kinds of people. He made us all unique. And so he's going to talk to us as unique individuals because we have a personal, one-on-one relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but my personal one-on-one relationships are different 
between me and different people. My personal one-on-one relationship with my son is different than my personal one-on-one relationship with my grandson. It doesn't mean one is better than the other one or lesser than the other one. It just means that when you have a personal one-on-one relationship, that's what it is. But yet we have to overcomplicate things. Well, I'm a Methodist, and so I have to believe this, that, the other. It's all about a personal relationship. Tagging on the denomination, maybe that comforts some people, but it complicates things. You have people that say, I don't like Baptists, or I don't like Catholics, or I don't like fill in the blank. And that's one thing that people will say when they meet a Christian. They'll say, what denomination are you? I tell people, I'm in the body of Christ. That's my denomination. I don't affiliate with any denomination because God is coming back for one bride. Not a whole bunch of brides, but one. And he's coming back for a remnant. There again, you got to keep things simple. God is not coming here to sort out the Baptists from the Pentecostals. That is not what God is going to do. That's not part of his plan. And like I say, there are people that really identify with their denomination. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's not for me. And personally, I think that it complicates things. Because we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you're a Methodist or a Lutheran, if you have Jesus in your heart and you've accepted him as your personal Savior, and you have a personal relationship, then the other doesn't matter. All that matters, to my opinion, is that you're a brother or a sister in Christ. That's all I need to know. And there again, there are some teachings that vary between denominations. And there are some philosophies that differ. And I have to just rely on this thought that I always have, is that God made a lot of personality types, and there's lots of ways that God could reach us. And there's probably as many ways to reach us as there are personality types. And God knows us intimately because he created us. And there are some people that a structured religion that is very structured, is like comfort food for them. They love it. That's how they worship. But that doesn't mean they worship any less. It just means that's how they worship. While the next person might be very loosely connected with any denomination whatsoever, but still have that same love for their Savior. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say, is that we overcomplicate everything. Everything that we do is overcomplicated. And right now we have world leaders that are satanic that are trying to overcomplicate things as well. And as per usual, I have guests in my studio, so if you happen to hear a thump or a bump or a doggy nightmare, which is happening right now as I speak, well, I apologize, but when I'm in the hayfield all day away from my animals... When I come home, it's just pandemonium. Anyone that owns animals knows what I'm talking about. And my dogs almost do flip-flops. They're so happy to see me. And I do my recording at night, and it's after I do a hard day's work. And so I'm in the studio, and the dogs, of course, of course they had to go with Daddy. And I just don't have the heart to tell them no and shut them out, because I've basically shut them out all day because I'm out working. 
and in a roundabout way you can call this family time with me and my pets and even my barn cats that won't let me touch them. They have to walk with me everywhere I go when I'm working here on the ranch. It's always a parade. I'll have my dogs behind me and a bunch of cats following them right out of the barn, follow me wherever I go. The cats will stay at arm's length, never let me catch them, but for some reason they just have to be where I am. And so I don't question it, I just let them be themselves. And if they want to tag along, well, the more the merrier. On the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about world events. And I hope that I've been very clear and hopefully it's helped some of the listeners understand that we're overcomplicating everything in a very complicated, horrible, demonic world right now. And sometimes our judgment is clouded by all the complexity that's thrown at us every day. I think it's time for us to all take a giant step back and just let God be God. And we need to be obedient to God and His Word. We need to love each other and stand up for each other. We need to really matter in the body of Christ. And one way to do that is just to let God be God and be obedient. I think in the long run, when you boil the Bible down, that covers a very wide swath of the Bible, is that let God be God and let us obey God and listen to God and stay in His will. It's as simple as that. Do you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder? Well, if you do, I ask that you would prayerfully consider donating to Truth to Ponder. And that's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to truth, the number two ponder.com. Go to the support tab, click that, and it'll guide you through how to donate through Give, Send, Go. Or if you want to be old school and send in a check or money order, you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio. You would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia. That's C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Beerman, the God of me. Coming up, Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, Jacob was wrestling with the angel or God, and he said, please tell me what's your name? And there's no answer recorded. The, 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 the being never told the name. That was it. But later on, it says he went on, he offered up a sacrifice. When he offers that up, he gives the name of God. He calls him the God of Israel. <laughs> God. Now, how did Jacob know the name of God if God didn't answer him? Very simple. What was Israel or who was it? It was Jacob himself. God changed Jacob's name during that wrestling match to Israel. So he calls him now. Now he calls God's name the God of Israel. He's calling him the God of me, the God who was named by my name, who's got my name in his name. Amazing thing. They both received names. God gave to Jacob the name Israel and Jacob gave the name the God of Israel to God. My God, how cool. The same for you. When you are born again, you receive a new identity, a new name from God and to be a new person. And as, as God named you, you need to, in that sense, name God. 
you can't change his name. He's already got, he's already got his names. But in the new birth, the new you is joined to God and God is joined to you. So your identity is now in him. It's never apart from him. You relate to him. He's the God who joined himself to you. So your name is in his name, his name in your name. He's the God of you. He's the God of me. That's what it's about. So you'll be so close to God to be able to say, my beloved is mine. I am his. It's as simple as knowing the true name of God, the God of Israel, the God of me. <laughs> the God of you. Want more? Ask for Messiah in the Torah on CD. Now, how often do you get something offered to you? Priceless, life-changing, and free. Here goes right now. Sapphires, it's as precious as it sounds. Guaranteed to help you become victorious in God. And the mystery of the temple doors on CD, it's priceless and free. How do you get it? Easy. Free. Just remember Jesus' real name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YES. S-H-U-A-1. Now, I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and the unreached peoples on five continents. It's amazing. We do this all the time. Through Shoei Radio, we, we beam and cover the earth with, with salvation. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, zip 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111. That's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Elohi Yisrael, the God of Israel. Welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. Well, if I sound a little stuffed up, it's because I've been out in the pollen all day the hay that I'm mowing is shedding all sorts of pollen, and boy, am I full of pollen. Well, on my show, the Living Off-Grid Power and Information show, I, w- I talked about a young man named Zach, who I think is starting to listen to Truth to Ponder regularly also, and I think that's wonderful because Zach is from Kansas, he's 28 years old, and he's one of those that we all hope to meet because he's wide awake. He gets it, and he's a young man on his way to maturing into being a very good man. And that does my heart good. Well, I met two other young people that also made my heart feel good. I met Shaylee and her brother, and I believe her brother's name was Bill. I hope I got that right. But they showed up to buy some of the hay that I harvested, and they're both young people that have a very positive work ethic. And I do believe that God does open doors, and I think he shuts doors too. And I think that he puts people in our lives, and I think he takes people out of our lives. I think that we just need to be obedient and understand that God is in control. And time will tell whether this is what I think it is, but... With me and Bob Beerman, I can tell you 100% that's a God thing. I was not sitting around one day saying, well, I'm going to get on the radio and I'm going to start a podcast. That's not what I was planning on doing. I was dabbling with some internet radio and doing a few things, but not seriously. And then I heard Bob Beerman's program, Truth to Ponder, and I contacted him and just told him I liked the show and I was a listener. And God spoke to Bob and told Bob that he needed to get a hold of me and talk with me. 
In that first phone call was rather awkward because Bob really didn't have a topic he wanted to talk about. It's just that God put it on his heart that he needed to call me. And I think we both recognized instantly that this was none of Bob's doing or none of my doing because I'm out here in Nebraska and at that time Bob was in Georgia. Everything just seemed to fall in place like it was planned because I really do believe that that's in God's plan. I help Bob Bierman all I can. And to be very blunt, sometimes I don't have time to help Bob Bierman. And to even be more blunt, sometimes Bob Bierman doesn't have enough time to help Bob Bierman. It takes an awful lot of work to put on a show. It takes an awful lot of work to build a church. It takes an awful lot of work to recover from surgery as Bob Bierman is doing. And so there are times that both of us feel rather overwhelmed and swamped. But we had a conversation the other night on the phone, and we were just kicking around some ideas. And there's a possibility that I may be doing a few more programs. That's one of the things we threw out there. And I told Bob that no matter what he wants me to do, I'll do it, because God has put it on my heart that I'm to help Bob Bierman. But what I'm trying to get across is that we have to be obedient. And we have to understand that God does put people in our lives, like he put Bob Bierman in my life in a big way. And I like to think he put me in Bob's life in a big way as well. Because I truly believe 100% in what Bob Bierman is doing. I think that it's extremely important. And I'm very happy to be a small part of Bob's ministry. Now back to the young people I met. As we were loading the hay, we were throwing bales. The young lady, Shaley, she picked up a bale and she threw it like an Olympic champion. And I thought, wow, she'd be handy to have around and help all summer throwing them bales. And her brother was the same way. He was just like a dynamo. And mom and dad are no slouch either, let me tell you. They're a hard-working family. Well, one thing led to another, and I find out that that Shaley graduated with a media major out of college. And I've been growing my program, and I also have a couple other projects that I'm working on that could really use a hand once in a while. And I found some nice young people that have a great work ethic, have great parents, and a young lady that hopefully we could work out some projects because I think she's extremely bright, and I think she's got a nice career in media if she wants it. And to top everything else off is I find out that one of her passions in life is asking questions of how people survived before all of the modern things and how the Native Americans were able to survive the winters. And she talked about learning how to tan, hide, and make leather and all of the things that she was wondering about in natural foraged food. And then I told her, I said, well, that's what my program is about. This is what we're talking about. And I'm not saying that God has put her in my life to be a part of what I'm doing, but I'm not going to discount that either because how often would you have someone come to you that is a media major and also has a passion for what you're doing as far as the theme of your show? You know, time will tell, and I will keep you informed. I hope that we can work something out. But that's what I mean by being obedient and just letting God be God. Let God put the people in your life 
that needs to be in your life in that space of time. And of course, you have to be careful. You have to have discernment and common sense. But just like my introduction to Bob Behrman was no accident, I can guarantee you that. And I kind of have the same feeling about Shaley. Well, now getting on to the world events. What a mess. It seems like the war in Ukraine isn't working out so well. The puppet Zelensky, who, if you don't think he's a puppet, just look at that photograph of him at the NATO summit when he was all by himself and everyone was dressed in tuxedos and evening gowns and he was dressed in his clown outfit, his military clown outfit. And I call it a clown outfit because the man was a draft dodger. And so he likes to look like Fidel Castro walking around with his military fatigues on. And Well, just look at that picture and you'll see what NATO really thinks of the man. Well, no matter what they've done, they have not been able to get Russia to commit to a world war. And it's my opinion that the West wants world war more than anything. It's like if the West had a Christmas list, the top of the list is, give me a world war. Well, it seems that a lot of the countries in Europe are getting cold feet when they finally realize that they're possibly going to have to face the Russian army all by themselves. And if you're Estonia or Latvia or one of these countries that if Russia wanted to crush them, they could crush them very easily. They could crush Ukraine very easily as well. One of the reasons they've really held back is they view Ukraine as fellow Slavs. They don't view Ukraine as being historical enemies of Russia. They look at them as more historical allies. But when it comes to Poland and Germany and some of these other countries, I think they're realizing that they're biting off a lot more than they can chew. And so now all of a sudden, guess where all of the attention's going? Africa. Africa is full of resources. And they've thrown the French out and all of the other colonialists that have tried to rule by proxy and other means all of Africa. They're being expelled or have been expelled. But it's my understanding that Russia, United States, France are all sending troops to Africa. And I guess it's because of Niger, I guess that's how it's pronounced, that the government that was duly elected was overthrown by the military and the duly elected government was basically an ally of Washington and the military that took over the country are basically fans of Russia. So all of a sudden, Africa has become destabilized even worse than it usually is. And the stakes are high because there's lots of resources. And so if they couldn't get Russia to bite in Ukraine and couldn't get people to kick off that world war they want in Ukraine, well, maybe they're going to try Syria or, better yet, Africa. And so you have to really keep your eye on what's happening. And it's just my opinion. But if I was Russia, I know what I would do. I would play tit for tat, and I do believe that they are already going to do this. If Russia put troops in Venezuela and in Cuba and also stirred up North Korea and other hot spots in the world, there would be so many hot spots all over the world that the United States military could by no means put out all those little fires. 
and they wouldn't have a clue which one was real and which one was just a smokescreen. But when you have Japan wanting to join NATO, and you have North and South Korea that are always on the verge of getting back into a kinetic war, you have China ready to invade Taiwan, you have Cuba talking about possibly getting Russian missiles back into Cuba, you have the leaders in South America that are extremely angry at most of the Western nations for one reason or another. And now Africa is now becoming a powder keg, and Europe has been a powder keg for centuries. And of course, Asia is a powder keg, and but we can't leave out Australia because they have to have the nuclear subs in Australia. They want to be part of this too. So we have all of these things happening all over the world that are just not good. And what's happening to Donald Trump is an absolute travesty. I think that we're seeing so much treason and so many illegal things happening before our face. You might say, well, January 6th was illegal. And I'd have to agree with you. I think it was illegal. I think it's illegal for one police department, which would be the Washington, D.C. Police Department, to go in and start instigating things against the Capitol Police. I really think that was illegal. I think it's also illegal for the FBI and the CIA to go in and instigate and to send people in undercover to try to stir things up. And yes, it's illegal for some of the people that were supporting Donald Trump, what they did, but mostly what they did was went to the Capitol to take selfies and to say they were there. If they were there to have a revolution or an insurrection, where were the guns? Does anyone in their right mind think that you can take over the capital of the United States without any guns? If you think that people were trying to do that without any guns, you have to rethink it. No, that was a protest that turned into a riot, not an insurrection. But the proof is always in the pudding. Why not, if everyone is as guilty as they say they are, these insurrectionists, then release all of the video? And let's not forget that the only people that died were innocent people. You might say, well, there were cops that died. Yes, there were some cops that died, but they were not killed in a riot. They died from heart attacks and other things after the riot was over. And there's some speculation that some of the cops that actually did get physically harmed were actually harmed by government agents that were there to try to cause trouble. I think that's one of the reasons they're not releasing the videotapes. I think it's going to show an awful lot of staged events. A lot of false flags happened on January 6th. And one thing that's so obvious, and I watched it, I've seen the video, and maybe you have too, the police ask Owen Schroer, who works at InfoWars, to try to calm the crowd down after InfoWars said, we have the bullhorn, we have everything we need to try to help you quiet this crowd. Can we help you? And the police finally said, yes, go up here and tell everyone to, to quit and go home and disperse. And so Owen Schroyer went up on the steps of the Capitol, facing out, facing the people. And Alex Jones had the bullhorn in his hands and was telling people, don't do this. Go home. Don't do this. Stop. Well, they arrest Owen Schroyer for 
being part of the insurrection, they're calling it, claiming that by going up the steps of the Capitol, that he somehow entered the Capitol and he was part of the people that that broke into the building. And I have to say right now that the building belongs to we the people. And if you're an American taxpayer, and, and as far as I'm concerned, we the people own that building, not the federal government. And how can you trespass on something you own? That's just a simple little question that needs to be answered. But anyway, they're going after Owen Schroyer because they can. They're making up an awful lot of things because they can. But what aren't they showing? The video of Owen Schroyer, along with Alex Jones, telling people, calm down, stop this, go home, be peaceful. But yet, the mainstream media and the government, you know, oh, these people are so awful, they were horrible, they went up on the steps and were trying to lead the people and guide them. No, they were not. They were trying to make them stop with the approval of the Capitol Police. So it seems that if you help out the men in blue, you have to really watch your back because you can still be charged with doing something you didn't do even if you do something at their request. That's like having a police officer tell you that he wants you to get out of the car so you do and he arrests you for getting out of your car. I mean, that's what's happening to Owen Schroyer, and I hope that he wins his case, but as we've seen with other court cases that are coming out of Washington, it's all a sham. I do believe that we have an illegitimate court, an illegitimate, I'm going to call it a non-justice system, and I think we the people are extremely sick of all of this. And one thing that I think that is going to happen definitely is if we do have some world events that pop off and go kinetic, I truly believe that we're going to see riots in the streets, not only of the United States, but in Canada, North and South America, Africa, Europe, possibly Asia, maybe even Australia. I don't know. But there's a lot of people that are keeping score. They have scores to settle. And lots of people are biding their time. And I think we're living in a powder keg world. And to tie this back into the first part of the program, Our powder keg that we have is so volatile that we have to really walk softly. We have to really know our mind and stand our ground. I'm not telling anyone to wimp out. I'm just saying be careful. And it's like the old saying says, the walls have ears. And unfortunately, we're living in a time where you have a lot of people that don't understand free speech. They think that free speech is only for them, but not for anyone else. And so if you speak something they don't like, well, they want to take away your free speech. And unfortunately, a lot of them have power right now. But getting back to tying it in with the first part of the show, just keep everything simple. Keep everything real. Don't fall for the false flags. Don't fall for all the lies that you're being told by the mainstream media. Really use your own head. Use your own judgment. Because God gave you the intellect. God gave you the most wonderful thing that God created. In my opinion, that's a human mind. And never, ever forget that you own one. And you need to use it. And don't let anyone try to get you to walk in lockstep with anything. Use your own judgment, your own discernment. Stay in prayer. 
live your life in accordance to God's will as much as you possibly can. And if you take care of you and you take care of your family and you walk the walk you need to be walking, then a lot of these things that are happening worldwide won't necessarily leave you totally alone, but they won't affect you near so hard. And we need to step back mentally and not be burnt out by all of this Trump derangement syndrome that's happening, all of this war craziness that both Republicans and Democrats are pushing in Washington. I know all of us collectively, if we could, we would just say no and we would stop all this mess. We'd just say, stop it, enough, we've had it, no more. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can do that, but it has to start with you. When it's enough, you're done. End of story. Full stop. And you'll find it's very liberating when you can take control of at least your own emotions and your own thoughts about all the chaos that's happening in the world. But if you get on that roller coaster ride and you get strapped down into that car and you start climbing that roller coaster, be ready for a very rough and wild ride. But me personally, I'm going to stay with both feet on the ground. I'm not going to go anywhere near that roller coaster. I'm going to control what I can control, and I'm going to try to accept and understand what I can't control, and I might think about it, but I'm not going to obsess about it and worry about it. Because the bottom line is your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. Things can happen to you if you overdwell on all the bad things that happen. And there is a way out And there is a button you can push just to make everything stop. But it has to start inside your spirit and inside your heart. And I hope the right people heard this show today, and I hope that you understood what I was trying to say all the way through the show. There are simple answers to this complex world. Do you believe in the ministry of truth to ponder? Well, if you do, I asked that you would prayerfully consider donating to truth to ponder. And that's very easy to do. All you have to do is go to truth2ponder.com. Go to the support tab, click that, and it'll guide you through how to donate through Give, Send, Go. Or if you want to be old school and send in a check or money order, you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio. You would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia. That's C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. Once again, thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone, keep things simple. Keep things real. Stay hopeful and positive. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.